Resolute Square. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list, which was rather extensive and continually being updated. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. No, it's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Hi, folks. It's Rick Wilson, and welcome to The Enemies List. My guest today is the great S.E. Cup. You have seen S.E. Cup on every cable news platform in America, being one of the smartest observers of our current political moment you could hope to find. She is um, a lot like me, somebody who came out of that bubble of the last bubble of mainstream conservatism before it got sort of eaten up by the crazy populism or whatever it is they call it these days. And so happy to have S.E. on the program today because she has had some really great takes on the current moment of Republican brain rot, brain worms, whatever you want to call it, of getting into a culture war with Taylor Swift. So, Essie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining me, and it's really great to have you today. So let's kick right off into this. Like, Can you imagine the Republican Party, the sort of conservative movement that we came out of, declaring war on, like, Bruce Springsteen at the time, or, or or any other cultural icon like a Taylor Swift. It just boggles the mind. It's not even the targeting because, listen, Republicans and conservatives, including our, our generation of, of conservatives, we picked on celebrities all the time, unless they were named John Voight, or unless they liked us, right? Then, then celebrities were great. <laughs> um, here, Clint Eastwood have a great primetime speaking slot at the at the RNC. So we we did, we picked on celebrities, but the weirdness now is we're involving them in these conspiracy theories that are like easily disproven and super lame and, and dumb because the voter base that has been conditioned by the current Republican party, well, it, it not only falls for this, it demands this, right? It demands these kinds of conspiracies like Taylor Swift is a psyop and she's being used by the United States government. I mean, it's so absurd, but listen. (laughs) I'm not going to make the ad, but I was writing an ad last night in my head and it's like, Taylor Swift enters the George Soros Conference Center at the deep state volcano lair. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. It's so absurd. (laughs) And like this idea that now that she's with Travis Kelsey, and now that he's won the, you know, he's going to the Super Bowl, now she's primed and famous enough to sway an election, forgetting the fact she's been famous for years and already endorsed Joe Biden. She did it in 2020. And that's the other thing. It's like these guys like, oh, well, you know, she's just dating him because he's so wealthy as a football player. I'm like, Taylor Swift could, <laughs> could, could buy the entire team. She could crap out his net worth in about a half an hour. And it's just like, it's so, I mean, I, I'm not like doing the, the, the liberal thing about it. It's so misogynistic, but it is misogynistic as hell. Like th- th- she couldn't possibly be doing this for any other reason than to 
than to disrupt the uh, the health of the order of the conservative movement. I mean, and that she's, I mean, that's certainly a layer sure. of it too. And that she's being used, right? She's a puppet right. of the Biden administration. Uh, it'd be much more difficult to say that about a guy. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's all the things, which is why they love it because it ticks every box that's become really useful for this MAGA voting base. You know, the conspiracy stuff as it has been percolating up more and more and more and you, you know, you and I both know Glenn Beck, who is one of the you know, the guys who I think kind of mainstreamed the conservative conspiracy movement a lot, starting in the post Tea Party moment. Like, are you sort of hearing like Agenda Twenty One and all these other things? And now it's like it's almost like Republicans and conservatives won't respond to anything unless it's like packaged with a conspiracy around it. Yeah, um, it's funny that you bring up Glenn because I was recently on a podcast earlier this week. And I haven't thought about Glenn in a long time, but I, I you know, I worked for him. He was one of my first bosses. Mm-hmm. So was Tucker. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And he said the same thing, like that he was the original kind of conspiracy theorist. And it's, it's so true. And the way Glenn did it, you know, with the chalkboards mm-hmm. and the you know, he'd find some dusty book in, in the basement of like a, a library that no one had ever heard of. And he's like, look, this, it's all in here. And, you know, all the talk of the caliphate. Oh, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of, remember that? Um, Absolutely. But he bookended all of that with stuff that was news, you know? Like I, I was hired to, to do a show called Real News and we talked about real news stories. Mm-hmm. So I think that sold it. A little bit, but the idea that Glenn was a cult of personality right. was there from the beginning. And, oh, yeah. you know, we've watched him completely change his positions about Trump and about and about everything, kind of based on where his viewers are and where they want him to go. So I think Glenn is a performer kind of above all else, but for that moment really tapped into an audience that was eager for all of the conspiracies and the wild thing, you know the wild premises and here's all your evil enemies and here are the people you need to be mad about and here are the people you need to be skeptical of. I mean, he really stoked that. And I think you, you had a really interesting point to a great degree. When, when Ailes and Murdoch started Fox in 96, 97, they led the audience for a long time. They moved the audience with them for a long time. Limbaugh used to move the audience with him on talk radio for a long time. And at some point, and I, it's, I think it's like 2014, 15, just before Trump, I started sensing it. I don't know when you did that. The audience was moving the coverage instead of the other way around. And that, that machine that had been built to feed from the Fox newsroom down to talk radio, down to blogs and social media had inverted somewhere along the way. And then it became like the craziest stuff would get laundered up the pyramid and they'd make excuses for the insanity rather than the other way around. I think you're 100% correct. And the evidence is the advent and need for other outlets like Newsmax and OAN right. who would go with audiences where Fox stopped. You know, um, right. when Lara Logan got unpalatable for Fox, you know, she, she was picked up by Newsmax and then mm-hmm. she became unpalatable for Newsmax and OAN picked her up. And now I think she's on the pil- My Pillow Guys TV network. But like, right. You know, the advent of all of these ancillary right-wing media outlets is because the audience demanded more and more and more 
crazy. And Fox went, Fox went with the crazy for sure, but even Fox had a ceiling to, to the crazy. Right. And it, it, the ceiling turned out to be when Lara Logan's talking about, you know, Ukraine the, Jews. the blood yeah. of children. Right, right. right. That was the ceiling. But like, you can look at a lot of the personalities and the celebrities that have come out of Trump land and, sure. and this new MAGA conspiracy world and think, that person would never have gotten a job on Fox or anywhere right. 10, 15 years ago. But today there mm-hmm. is an audience for them because the audience is demanding much, much more of that. Uh, you know, to loop back to Ailes again, Roger came out of news. Roger yes. understood what he was doing, but he wasn't just hiring lunatics uh, for the first 10, 12 years. It evolved into that hiring. And now that he's been off the scene for shit, a decade now almost, it seems like. You know, the only reason they got rid of Tucker was he cost them a billion dollars and they, they had no c- control over him. They would take a lighter weight Tucker, which I think they kind of have with like, Gutfeld and Waters and all those other, you know, C tier guys. Jesse, yeah. Support for Rick Wilson's The Enemies List comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo. Modern management made simple. Well, let me just bolster that last point, because in the beginning, Roger Ailes needed to make Fox News credible. And so he did. He put a lot of mainstream news people in there. And then there was a time when I was there where there was an actual interest in intellectual conservatism. I mean, we had Charles Krauthammer and Fred Barnes and, you know, Bill Kristol and Stephen Hayes and Jonah, you know, all these really intellectually rigorous conservatives who knew like who Hayek was and could talk, could talk in orthodoxy. None of that matters now. And in fact, those people have either been pushed out or left because right. I guess being intellectual is being like an establishment cuck. Um, <laughs> so, so now it's right. like complete, it's rid of all the, all the things it's rid of the credible voices. It's rid of the journalism and it's rid of the intellectual rigor that has always been, sort of the foundation of modern conservatism. That's all gone. Sure. I mean, all of us who came up in that sort of Burke, Kirk, Buckley, Hayek world, Yes, we knew we were a, a, an intellectual minority, so we had to fight really well and had to learn how to articulate things really well. And it's like this lowest common denominator thing that just keeps stacking up and stacking up and stacking up. And now there's no argument about limited government. It's punish my enemies. It's go get the people I hate. It's put that guy in jail. I mean, somebody asked me one time, like, what was, the, what do you think that we lost the most under Trumpism? I'm like, we lost principal conservatism. There's no elected leader in the Trump universe that the Trump expanded universe that believes in limited government. They believe in unlimited government. They believe in the power of the state by a thousand times. It's, it really is like as a frustrated, you know, ex Republican and still conservative, it's just like that the thing that really bothers me because people like us, and generations before us worked really hard 
to communicate to the American people about conservatism. And against so many barriers, especially me coming up, I was sure, a young woman. I was not taken seriously. I had to publish books before anyone would would take me seriously. And that's fine. I got lots of degrees and I was happy to, right. you know, to prove myself. But against all kinds of odds, I remember sitting at a table with Alan Combs before he died. God bless him. Nice guy. Oh, no, I loved him. However, I was sitting at a table at Fox with him. It was some panel that we were all on. And I think Obama or someone had come out with a book. And I was like, I'm not sure what business this person has writing a a, a story of their life yet, considering they haven't actually done stuff yet. And Alan goes, have you written a book, Essie? And I forget who the host was. The host had to say, yeah, she's written two, actually. But that was the stuff we were constantly up against this sort of like, you're quacks, you're backwards. And questioning that intellectual rigor was something we were used to. Now, there's no point in even bringing bringing up intellectual arguments because I go on TV to talk about the stupid green M&M or Dr. Seuss. (laughs) I mean, it's like fucking bananas. Like, that's not what I got into this for. You know, but that's where it's devolved and it's it's really hard to make a case because you're never asked no, to anymore no, no. for intellectual what is conservatism? Because no. Trump and Republicans jettisoned the conservatism to make Trump happy. Economic responsibility. Let's remember, you know, Trump spent like the proverbial drunken sailor as much as any Democrat we would have, we would have criticized in the past. Yeah, for that part of the conservative movement that was about personal responsibility and dignity and integrity. I mean, come on. If you were looking for the exact opposite of all that shit, it would be Donald Trump. Not to mention family values, anti-protectionism. <laughs> I mean, there's so much shit that we used to stand on that I mean, it just is. It doesn't matter to them anymore. No. I mean, right now he's offering he's he's offering this idea of a sixty percent tax on all Chinese goods. I'm like the most basic dumb fuck Republican or conservative <laughs> economic student in a freshman year economic macro class would say, "No, that's a tax on America." That's a tax on us, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, but but now it's like, yeah, I'm taxing Chinese. It just it. It's kind of maddening, but we are in this culture war. They can't stop it. I think DeSantis sort of probed the outer limit of the culture war, like where it starts to blow back on you, because even Republicans were like, yeah, no, he's too far out there. That's that's too much. This this stuff's too well, crazy. And it didn't, and it didn't work, right? right. Like no, the, there was no political utility to it. No, that the, the ham-fisted swings at Disney and <laughs> drag queen story out, like it just didn't. You even had people like Kellyanne Conway saying that is not an economic platform. Correct. That's not a campaign. And so I think not only did he test the outer limits, he he failed at testing the outer limits, right? Right. So it, it really right. just didn't work. I, I had a, a person who firsthand told me, he said, the pollsters went in to say to DeSantis, please, God, do not pass the six-week abortion ban because if you make it to the general election, it will absolutely kill you because yes. 70% of Republican women don't like it. And the response was basically like, go fuck yourself. I'm doing this. I have to win the primary. And that, right. and that speaks to like how Republicans, I think, used to feel that they were part of the, of the country that was being ignored. And now it's like they don't even want to bother. They want to create this like separate culture, separate silo, separate economics, separate politics that is not you know, dominating the whole country, but just like they want to secede from America 
de facto without doing all the the horrible civil war part. Or without the moving trucks, but like, right? yeah, yes. I mean, the project has been, in contrast to growing the tent, which we always wanted to do, mm-hmm. it's condensing it. So right. I, I always liken it to those those cans of can, of orange juice that you get mm-hmm. in the freezer, right? Oh, yeah, right, right, right. You're meant to add water to it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they stopped adding water. And all they want is the most condensed, rabid form, most pure form of Trumpism right. that they can get. And they're not only willing to lose voters and good conservatives, they're kicking good conservatives out. You know, people like Liz Cheney and, and Adam Kinzinger, they're actively kicking people out of the party to condense and purify it. So winning is not the goal. Purity is the goal. So it's yep. no surprise they haven't won in in a long time, um, and they just keep losing. And your DeSantis example is perfect. I don't care about winning the general election, right. i.e. the whole ball game. Right. You mean the the important part. Right. <laughs> right. I just want to win this one battle, and I have to be the purest, most, most condensed form of myself to do it. It's just so myopic and why it's going to, I think, be a long time before Republicans can win nationally again. Yeah. You know, I, something just popped back up in my head. You were talking about the celebrities right in the beginning of the conversation. And and there was a clip last night, but it's Jack Posobiec saying, oh, we don't need celebrities. We have Kid Rock. The New York Times has already said uh, that the Biden administration is working on what they call the Taylor strategy. So again, it's not about her as a person. It's about the machine that's around her and how they can use the power of her celebrity. And people have said, well, wait a minute, Jack. Celebrities have always gotten into politics and doesn't really matter. Yes, it matters now because they changed the system of voting, right? Because they changed it to ballots, because they changed it to... And, and by the way, we can do this as well. We don't have a Taylor Swift on our side, but you know who we have? We have Kid Rock. We have Ted Nugent. We have influencers, right? We have all these people, John Voight. We have people that can come out and use their audiences, number one. And, and, and I want an army of Scott Presslers at every Kid Rock event and every Ted Nugent event. And I hope, by the way, and I, I need to talk to those guys about this because I've got this idea that maybe we even ask them, you guys mind doing a little tour later this year? Are you doing anything this fall? Come on. It just struck me as like, man, y'all just hit bottom right there and started digging. Because Wait, you're not going to go to the John Voight Eras Tour concert? <laughs> <laughs> I God Almighty! But I mean, it, it really is. It's like that's part of the separate culture thing, and and it's like the child trafficking movie last year, which they which ter- they turned into this like cultural test. Either you loved it and saw it 15 times, or you were with the predators. You know, it's such a fragile way to try to build a party, and it all depends on. The, the one celebrity that, that does tower over most all of the rest, and that's Trump himself. I mean, his celebrity, and you, you, you know, look, you, you spent a lot of time on cable. I spent a lot of time on cable. We talk, 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 talk. But Trump's role as this, like, as this centerpiece of news coverage, he said relatively few words, but, but we can't turn away from the, the monstrosity. We can't seem to get away from the horror of this guy. How do you think? you know, you, you start to diminish that kind of celebrity. How do you turn him into, you know, the, the, the disgraced movie star, the disgraced actor, the disgraced celebrity figure, other than just letting him talk? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think to a majority of the country, he's already all of those things. And I know it can feel like 
the country is equally divided on this. They're not. I mean, you have lots of Republicans, 40% in Iowa who chose someone else, for example, 40% in New Hampshire who chose someone else. So I think that his reputation is pretty clear to most people, but to the, to the cult, I mean, you're never, you're never going to, I watch a lot of cult documentaries. It's like my favorite genre of doc. I love that. (laughs) And yeah, a lot. Um, I just watched love has one. Listen, they're all the same in that these aren't evidence-based projects, right? When the doomsday prediction comes and goes and the world doesn't end. It doesn't mean that the cult leaders suddenly decide, well, that didn't pan out. I'm heading out of here and going back to my real life. No, they still stick with it because, because it's a cult and the cult leader is the only thing that matters. So in that way, you know, not every Republican voter is part of this cult, but MAGA operates much more like a cult than a political movement. It's not. Oh, for sure. It's not centered on ideology. It's not even centered on on you know running a party, governing a party, getting people oh, elected. That's not, not a project. <laughs> it's really just stoking this cult of personality, and and you know, it's really hard to cut through that. I actually talked to a lot of cult deprogrammers, people who have successfully gotten people out of cults. And they'll say, like, telling these people that they're crazy or trying to show them evidence that what they believe in is just not true, this does not work because Mm -hmm. then you become part of the enemy. Right. And you're you're proof that they are um, a targeted, martyred, you know, martyred community. So it's a it's a really tough thing to 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 shake that loose. And I, I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. I try not to overinterpret things, but the fact that he kicked off his campaign in Waco. Gave me all the creepy vibes, you know. Donald Koresh here um, gave me all the creepy vibes of like, he actually knows more about how to do this than we thought. <laughs> was Jonestown booked? Was it unavailable? Who knows? <laughs> right? Yeah. He had a competing event that day. <laughs> Were you going to give everybody a tracksuit and promise that they'd have a place on the comet? <laughs> <laughs> what were they wearing? Nikes? Or some, yeah, they were wearing some <laughs> Nikes, sneakers. Nikes. I, yeah. I want to see Donald do like a Marshall Apple White video, like wearing the jumpsuit. Oh my yes. god! I know. I mean, listen, it's silly and absurd to us, and we make fun mm-hmm. of it yeah, yeah. rightly. We should. We should. It's absurd. But mm-hmm. to these people, it's real serious. They believe it. They really, you know, they believe JFK Jr. is coming back from the dead. He's going to run with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and the fact that he hasn't appeared at any of the dates that he was supposed to appear, does not deter them. Taylor Swift is a psyop. I mean, they will go home and say this and believe it. And sometimes this ends in real violence. You know, the attack on Paul Pelosi was based on conspiracy theories that ended in real violence. It's also, you know, um, separated people from their money because Trump has asked for for money to stop the steal, it goes to line his own pockets. It cuts people off from their families, their friends. They lose their jobs. Hundreds of them have gone to jail for Donald Trump. So, I mean, it's a, it's funny, except that it's really, really dangerous and deleterious to these people, to Trump's own fans. The tragicomic aspect of it, it really is there. I mean, there, there's a part of this where you, where you, where you look at these poor people who really thought they were coming to Washington to save America. And and the the speed with which they've been thrown under the bus, it doesn't even seem to sink in. You've got some of these guys that are like coming into the the courtroom and saying, "Yeah, okay, sentence me to four years. I would do it again." Yes. Oh, cool, good, smart play. But 
you know, that, that, that devotion is like, I, I've, yeah, I had Stephen Hassan one time on the show and he's so Me smart too. about cults. Yeah. He's yes. so smart about cult stuff. And yeah. he's like, they score their lives on their devotion. They think about the value of their life becomes their devotion to the leader. And, and that's a cult. It's a cult. And there's no other word for it. And there's just, there's yeah. no other word or, or, or excuse or phrase or anything. I mean, yeah. and, and you're right. They're going to, they're going to come up by the end of this week. They're going to say that Taylor Swift is a a reptilian pedophile, it, you know, Satanist. built a Satanist, you know, celebrity abortionist built in a lab by George Soros and the and the gray aliens or whatever the hell. And yes. it's just like, and that's the other part of it. It's like it's like that old Hunter Thompson phrase. You know, once you get into a serious drug habit, the temptation is to push it all the way. So they'll make it worse and worse and worse and worse. And no one is there in that side of the movement now to check them. No one's there to save to save people from disinformation, misinformation, outright lies, weird agitprop, agitporn bullshit. And, and again, it, that, it, it goes back to what we are talking about earlier. In the conservative movement, we did have guardrails. We had discipline. We had people who would go, hey, you're, you know, that guy's too much. No, yeah. let's, but he shouldn't be in office. And yes. it, it functioned because, you know, th- that was the part of, that was part of the, the rules-based conservative movement. And now it's just like anarchy. Well, and we had something called, I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but it's something that was called um, shame. Oh, yes. We had, I, I am. We, we had shame, <laughs> right? Uh, but I don't think people know what this is anymore in today's modern Republican Party. But like Todd Akin was, was swiftly dealt with, right? Oh, yes. Richard Murdoch swiftly dealt with. We didn't want to be embarrassed by the fringes of our party. And in fact, in the, in the 2012 autopsy that I worked on, like part of that was the, that was part of the project mm-hmm. was to get sure. rid of the fringiest, the fringiest parts. And now the Gosars and the Steve Kings and the Marjorie Taylor greens are not just given a seat at the table. They're elevated. Right. And there's no embarrassment uh, around them anymore. None at all. And, 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 you know, a guy like Matt Gates, who is, who is a pure, performative con man, politically speaking, grifter, pure, pure flim flam artist politically. That guy knows exactly what he's doing. He winks at the camera when he's doing it and they still don't get it. They still don't pick up on it. And there's a point where, and I know where it was with me. It was in early 17. I was talking to all my former clients, all these guys on the Hill in the Senate and the house all over the place. And they were like, well, you know, we're going to play along. Paul's going to keep him under control. Mitch will keep him under control. And, and those same people would go on Fox at night and say, I will burn the house down to, to save Donald Trump, to save a yeah. hair on Donald Trump's head. I will kill my family, oh, great overlord. And and they, it just kept that 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 number of people that I knew or had elected or people like you know, Stuart and I were going through a list one day and we're like, Holy shit, we knew a third of the people in office, either as friends or clients or some relationship to them. And they're all gone now. There's nobody yes. left. The lunatics are fully in charge of the asylum. There is no Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzer, David Jolly, Carlos Cabela. Nobody like that. It's gone. And the the people, I mean, this is entirely the fault of people who should know better. You know, the Matt Gates says the people who do know better. Right. The supposed intellectuals of the Republican Party, the Elise Stefanics, Harvard-educated, right. appalling, 
Mike Lee, Vivek. I mean, these are smart sure. people who know what they're doing and in another parallel universe would be the ones telling the Gosars and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. You were an embarrassment to us and we don't want anything to do with you. Instead, they are amplifying those voices. The smart people are amplifying the idiots and right. that's what's giving them all the credibility and and freedom that they need to run. You look at you look at a guy like a Josh Hawley, highly educated, elite in every conceivable dimension, a pure product of the meritocracy, and yet he's engaged in the most uh, you know, and again, he knows better. He's not really that person. He's winking and nodding. Look, the Mike Lee I knew in 2012 and 2014, if I had described a hypothetical candidate like Donald Trump to Mike Lee back then, he would have been outraged and whipped out his constitution and, from his pocket and had 57 reasons why that person would be wrong for the job. And now he's like, Mr. Trump, can I, can I wash your car today? It's crazy. Yes. The, probably the most, like if Mike Pence was the biggest deficit hawk I knew, um, Mike Lee was the biggest constitutionalist I knew. 100%. And, you know, it was all, all he talked about and from a very deep seated, learned place. And now he's supporting a guy who has said he wants to like suspend the constitution. And I, I mean, it's just, it's bananas, but that's how successful the, the cultivation of the GOP has been. Even the Mike Pence's suddenly don't care about the debts and the deficit. Even the Mike Lee's don't care that much about the Constitution. That's how far it's it's gone. <sighs> well, you know what? We're going to have a big old election this year, and it's going to be one more chance for America to, to reset the clock again, and we'll see where the conservative movement goes from there. Well, SE Cup, anything you want us to know about that you're working on? I know you just wrote a terrific piece about Taylor Swift and the culture and the, and the, the brain-melting culture war. I did. I did. Yeah, you can find my my work at the New York Daily News. It's also nationally syndicated, so maybe in, a, in your hometown paper and you can see me a lot on CNN, um, and I'm on Twitter at SE Cup and Instagram at SE Cup. There you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, SE. I really appreciate it. Great conversation. We will have you back again soon. Awesome. Great. Thanks for having me. Well, folks, here we go. Uh, this is an amorphous group on the enemies list today, but you know who you are. These are the people that peddle insane conspiracy theories. These are the people that push out the most lurid QAnon garbage. These are the people that push out the things that say that America is run by lizard aliens, Soros, Antifa, child predator overlords. And eventually it has consequences, as it did in Pennsylvania this week. In Pennsylvania, a 32-year-old man named Justin Moon got on YouTube and started streaming. And by the way, YouTube was where he was radicalized in large measure with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of conspiracy theory videos. Now, he didn't just go on and start this YouTube live stream or to rant about the government or about his love of Donald Trump or right-wing conspiracy theories in which he was fully invested. He went on that live stream to show everyone in the world his father's decapitated head, whom he had killed a little while before. Why did he kill his father? Because he thought that his father was a part of the deep state. thought that his father was in some way uh, a part of a global conspiracy that was trying to stop the patriots from taking power in America. This stuff doesn't come from nowhere. It's not random. It's not stochastic. He's not the only one. The Tree of Life synagogue shooter, same thing. Radicalized online 
to believe that Jews were trying to replace white people in America. And you could go on and on and on about this, this, this pipeline, this conveyor belt of radicalization. And it, it is in part, in part the fault of so the social networks, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit. They've all got their elements that are radicalizing these people. And they're meant to radicalize people who already have existing mental deficiencies, mental illnesses, and, and psychological problems. And they work really well. But the content that comes from places like Alex Jones and all these other conspiracy folks that have weaponized and monetized trying to convince Americans they live in a separate evil alternate reality, they're the ones responsible for these kind of things at the end. The people that are pushing these conspiracy theories, some of them are foreign actors. Some are American for-profit corporations like the Alex Jones Enterprise. But they are shaping the minds and realities of millions of people. And sometimes those realities snap over into the real world and they do something like decapitate their own father because of shit they saw online. And the people that create that and empower that and profit from it, you are always going to be on the enemy's list. Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list. <laughs>